everybody and welcome to the psvg game tech show so if you hadn't heard stadia is dead (laughs) (laughs) chase is gonna be so mad you're about to get all kinds of caps (laughs) it's not dead we've just decided to move away just shift the focus so uh we are going to renew refocus and rebrand and now we are game tech where we will talk about all the k's the flops the p's uh just anything tech related that's what we're going to talk about because we love tech which is why we started the stadia show we're like this is the flops and p's that's that's good i like that let's keep the little tagline yeah we'll keep it going the k's the flops the p's yeah dude stadia just got the turing test so watch out yeah that's a good game okay (laughs) <laughs> it is, I guess. I haven't played it. It looks cool, but I mean, it's it's kind of cool. Eh, we'll see. It doesn't move my needle. It doesn't make me want to jump into Stadia anymore. I'm still just waiting. waiting. Get Division anyway. 2 with crossplay. I mean, but then I got to buy Division 2 again. And is it going to be $3 on Stadia like it's it is be. everywhere else? Yes, it is $3 plus 57 <laughs> And does that even get you the expansion, or am I going to attack on another third? Another $29.99. So, yeah, new show, old host, a little bit of a change out. So, like, we stayed on our last show. You know, we weren't playing Stadia. We weren't just all into it. It felt a little disingenuous or disingenuous. So we're going to move on and talk about the things that we really enjoy about gaming and, and the tech surrounding gaming. So here we are. PSVG Game Tech. We're going to talk about Stadia. We're going to talk about VR, cloud, ray tracing, all of those things. And just because Johnny talks a little bit too much, I'm going to be the host. (laughs) Because I'm doing strong style. I can't commit to this every month. I'm not sure. It'll depend on the calendar and where it falls. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll make sure to throw some VR goodness in there and it'll entice you enough to just show up. That's probably true. That's probably true. (laughs) The PSVG network needs more Devin. I think everybody agrees with that. I'm shocked to hear that, but okay, I'll take it. I I enjoy it, so it's all good. So let's just get right into the news. I mean, we've got some stuff that's happened. Um, we we've got some some news. We've got some Xbox specs we have yet to talk about. We've got a lot of craziness going on with GeForce now, um, and we've got some 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 news about Stadia. So let's just start there. Um, we had a lot. We had a, a, an article come out from um, Business Insider a couple weeks ago about devs and publishers saying that Google isn't offering them enough incentives or money to stick with the to stick with Stadia. Um, we had a couple of indie devs describing it like how most platform owners like Microsoft and Epic were going to offer upfront incentives, and Google isn't quite doing that it's just kind of non-existent so which is probably leading into why we see so few games on there and so many so few developers and publishers actually pushing to get their games on there we're getting a trickle here and there you get some of the smaller indie devs you get uh, a division two coming soon which 
hopefully will come with Uplay Plus and, and, and many more games. But um, other than that, you're just not quite seeing the push that we all thought was going to be there, which is part of the reason why we were signing up for Stadia. What do you guys, you know, think about that? Um, this this was an interesting um, news article because, I don't know, I guess I, just, I never really gave it much thought, but when it comes to platform holders like Xbox and Sony, I didn't realize that they were trying to court developers to get their games, even if they were like third party. You know, I just assumed that that public that developers and publishers were just putting their games on these platforms because they wanted people to buy the games. I didn't realize that Microsoft and Sony were trying to like entice them to do it. I, I understand for exclusives, like if it's only going to be on that platform, but a lot of these games are on every platform. So why would Google need to like, hey, please come to our... I mean, I guess starting out maybe. Like, yep, that's why. Here, we're we're going to give you a little bit of funding so that you can pay for the development so you can put it on our platform because we don't have, you know, that many, that much of an install base yet. Can, um, I, t- can I take a little bit of a victory lap? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I feel like this has been the case the whole time. You remember... When we were waiting for the release, I said, when they announced, when we had like the Gamescom thing and they came out and they talked about it, what did I say? I was like, all right, so they're building studios. They don't have that. But with all of the money that Google has, you know that they're going to go out and buy at least a handful of exclusive games. And then they Mm -hmm. didn't. (laughs) And the issue with building an install base when you don't have any equity, like it makes all the sense in the world to Ubisoft to make sure that their games are there for Series X day one because they know people are going to buy the platform and buy the games. Mm-hmm. That's been Stadia's problem the whole time. That's what I've been saying this whole time. They're trying to break into a market and like this this approach that, well, we'll just keep adding games as they come and people will buy them. The problem is there's not enough people buying them for developers oh. to want to put the games there. <laughs> that's the issue with like the not to regurgitate you know old hack but that's the issue with stadia's or, i mean with destiny 2's numbers on stadia like that's like if you're trying to make any sort of multiplayer game why would you go there if there's no yeah. like even a free-to-play mm-hmm. game numbers are so low that game's free like there's no money where's the money how does the developer get paid that all yeah. goes back to the subscription idea they should have done what everybody thought they were doing. It should have been the Netflix thing. They should have pushed hard. And if Ubisoft didn't like it, they shouldn't have caved. They should have said, we're going to sell a subscription. We're going to put these games as a subscription. And here's how you're going to get paid out of that. And we're going to grow it. If they committed to that idea long-term, I think it would have been more viable than what they're asking us to do now. Now they're asking us to pay a monthly fee and then buy the games on top of it. But the problem is they don't have enough games. Now, maybe they do. They said they got 120 games on the way. We'll see. We just had Serious Sam drop and the Turing test. So, you know, they're sprinkling things in there. But well, they just started a new studio, too. Exactly. But it's, yeah, it's hard but to have for a while. Like It's hard to have, like, hopeful optimism. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard not to at least be skeptical. Like, you have to at least, you know, be cautious by saying, I'm 100% a Stadia player and I feel super great about that decision for the next five years. Um, like you can say that just blind optimism, but there's no real evidence to support right now that that's a real good idea. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and I think that's the issue. And then that runs both sides, both customers and developers. You know, if you're a developer, like I would love to hear, 
you know, eventually we will. Like in these articles, I'd love to hear like how SteamWorld Dig 2 does. You know, like they're giving it away to, to mm-hmm. pro players. I would love to know like how many claims, like how many people played your game. Like I would love to hear yeah. metrics because, um, yeah, and until they start getting, and I think a big help um, to throw Stadia Bone, I'm not, I'm not just going to keep killing them forever. It'll help when they start releasing day and date games. That's the thing we still haven't had. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're hoping to do that with Doom and Cyberpunk. Yeah. If they don't do that with Doom and Cyberpunk, we've got real issues. Yeah. <laughs> like if Doom and Cyberpunk are delayed, then now now we have real like now it's time to raise raise the white flag maybe. Um, but if they start doing day and date, I think what they're hoping is that their convenience factor wins over some purchasing decisions. But yeah, I don't think that does anything for folks like us. It might do things for folks like Dev's friends. That's not gonna do anything for me because I'm not buying a game just because it's day and date on another platform. Like they've got to do something extra to get me out of my consumer habit. I already mm-hmm. have an ecosystem. I have multiple that, I, that I'm investing into. Again, what's the reason I'm investing into Google's? Like right now, up to this point, they're not, they haven't given me a reason. All right. Yeah, I can't, I can't say that it, you know, anything's really enticing me. Even with the day and date doom, like it's going to have to run head over heels better than anything else everywhere else in order for me to even consider it. And my fear is that, like everything else, it's not going to be up to par. It's going to be upscaled. You know? It's going to be patches behind, you know, behind it, laid on patches. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so rough. And I mean, it, the other problem is, like, as a developer, like, I have to put in time to actually get my game on the system. Like, it's not just a simple copy-paste. Like, you have to actually put in the development time and the man hours and everything, which also goes back to, like, what's my incentive for putting it here? If I'm going to put in all this time, but the return on that is, is nil? Yeah. I mean, it, is it really worth it? So, like, for all of the folks that are blaming developers for lack of supporting Stadia or not supporting it with the patches and stuff, like, how do you how do you blame them? How do you blame people being late on Division or late on Borderlands? Like, I would do the exact same thing. It's in their best interest until – and seeing that goes – like, Google has all the resources to put themselves on better footing. They should have bought mm-hmm. their way out of this scenario. They should have had exclusives. They should have got indies, ex- tiny yeah. exclusives that are dropping now. They should be doing what Apple Arcade did. <laughs> like, they should be buying their way into a good foothold and making it attractive – showcasing the product you know like you buy in now for future success yeah they're just like we'll just keep building and eventually everybody will come i just i wonder what the the issue stems from like is google are they too confident that they think that with their name branding that everybody's just going to want to jump on board because it's google and they own android and they own youtube uh like they're being overconfident or are they just ignorant of the way things work in the gaming industry and they don't realize that they need to throw a bunch of money at it. Like, I mean, it's like any other business. You have to spend money to make money. Sure. So you, you'd think, I don't know. I feel like they would have done enough research so that when they were launching this thing, they would they would come into Phil the Harrison. games industry. He's yeah, and, and just throw it's a like, bunch of money to a bunch doing? of people. Like, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm wondering where the problem is. Like, maybe it's... Maybe it's the higher ups at Google that are like, oh, we don't, we're not gamers. We don't know anything about this, but we don't want you to spend, you know, a billion dollars. We'll let you spend 200 million, you know? So that's my thing. Is yeah. It's more like a, like a lukewarm venture. And it's like, yeah. let's try this out and see what happens. And then that's the other issue you run into with the post of being like, well, 
Google cancels a lot of stuff. So do I really want to put my eggs in this basket when, you know, they have a track record of not supporting things long term? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of Google's MO where they just sort of wade in to something. And if it takes off, then it becomes a huge conglomerate. And if it doesn't, then it just sort of falls by the wayside. And, and maybe they keep it around because it's profitable or for whatever reason. And sometimes they'll cancel it. So... I mean, at least it's definitely interesting to see over the next couple of years. At least yeah. they're building studios. Like they just got the yeah. studio head from Sony Santa Monica. Got a work mm-hmm. franchise. That's huge. That really is huge. So I'll give them mm-hmm. props for that. That has got to be probably your number one factor of hope is like they're investing into it. It's not that they're not. They are. It's just that we won't see the fruit of those investments for years. Yep. You know, so it's not helping us now. You know, and that's short sighted. You know, that's where I am. That's where we are. We're now. So maybe and three I, or four years from now, they drop like some awesome game that makes us all pick up and play Stadia again. And I, I think that's um, that'll be interesting to see because like right now, a lot of people are like, all right, PlayStation 5, that's my console because of the library, the exclusives that Sony usually has. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then maybe an Xbox if you're a console gamer, but also a PC if you want to just play all, any of the Microsoft games. Well, now with Stadia, I mean, you could have a PlayStation 5, you could have a powerful PC to play all the Xbox PC games, and then just open a browser and play this Stadia games. You know, like, I I think that's pretty cool to be able to just open a browser, buy that exclusive Stadia game that's really great, and just play it with whatever hardware you already have. Like, I think that's probably where Google will see the most success. I don't think you're going to have people dedicating all of their game library to stadia yep and that's exactly what makes stadia exciting that the tech the ability to just jump into a game in a browser or on your phone like a triple a game it's just they gotta have the games there yeah i just think they were really adamant that they wanted to be first yeah and like i've yeah. been saying this whole time like it feels rushed and uh yeah so all of the negativity that's going around it like they, they, I feel like they, they brought that on themselves. That's what happens when you rush. Now it's on. Now it's on them to dig themselves out of it. So it's not about being stuff, first. Acquisitions, getting some games. Like <clears throat> they're working on it. They're trying. It's not about being first. It's about implementing it the best. It's about being the best. Yep. Okay. Moving on to a little, a little more happy, happy news. The Xbox Series X specs were released, and boy, is that thing gonna be a beast! So the Xbox, they posted on Twitter like the uh, expected power of they the posted, Series X. Uh, Phil Spencer did a full write-up on uh, yeah. Xbox Newswire, like the whole oh, thing. Cool. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, 12 teraflops is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Just all the little stuff with the, the smart delivery, the quick resume, being able to do the ray tracing, supporting up to 8K, 120 frames per second. They're saying that it's going to be a true generational leap in processing and graphics power. Um, it's even got me considering, like, do I, if, if it's as powerful as they say it is, like my PC personally cannot do 4K at 120 frames. So you can help so, me here. Mm-hmm. The thing that they touted in this, like we, we know that they're they're doing like the the new like Navi chip, like the the Zen two. The thing that they con- confirmed in this is RDNA two architecture, which yes. is like new micro architecture. Correct me if I don't have this right, because this is where I get sketchy. I don't even know what half of this means. New RDNA <laughs> two 
microarchitecture. I think it's seven nanometer. This is stuff powering GPU that's not in PCs now. Correct. So when they say next gen, like they mean it. This isn't oh, yeah. like last gen when they launched the PS. I remember when they launched the PS4 and the Xbox, like if you went to PC Gamer and saw what they were thinking of next gen, they were like, these are cool, but like, <laughs> my PC is better than this. Like that was a yes. real thing. They were like, these, you know, these aren't that like it's it's a leap from from 360, but this is not current gaming but this box this box is current gaming like this is it sounds almost future proofing like you'll buy the series x and you will get the best of gaming for at least five years and there will be pcs that come along that do it better because pcs move at you know a mile a minute but like five years from now the series x probably will stand up to most average pc players like builds like you'll be you won't be left behind you'll be playing things at at quality settings and that's that's very exciting. Yeah, that's the most exciting part about it is the fact that it's a, it's going to be using architecture that's not currently used in PCs yet. Like they're kind of, you know, being able to be on par with with really powerful gaming PCs out the gate, yep. which is a first. So, when it comes to like do I want to get a, get a powerful gaming PC? Do I want to build a PC and all the cost and things that that entails or do I want to be able to play games just as good on a console? Like you've you've actually have got something there that's going to be able to be like, yeah, I'm just as good as a PC right now, you know? And of course, you know, in a year or two, PCs will, you know, outdo it. And we don't know what NVIDIA has coming this summer, but they do have a new line of graphics cards coming out this summer. So it could be leaps and bounds above what their current 20 series is. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's crazy to think that you're going to be able to have that kind of power in a console and not have to go to a PC to get it. It's crazy to think that a console is going to be just as powerful or better yet, more powerful than most of people's current PC setups. It's It's not going to be subsidized and it's going to be much cheaper, too. Yeah. You think like Um, the 2080 cards and things like what the prices are of those like right now. And if these are outpacing those, you're going to get an entire console, not just the graphics card for cheaper than the graphics card themselves. Well, those, the uh, NVIDIA actually already uses this technology in Mm -hmm. the the RTX 2080s and 2070s. It's, they're calling it the, they call it touring. Yeah. The touring engine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's similar to what AMD is doing. So I mean that that stuff is currently available, but it's also a thousand dollars to be able to get that. Like, <clears throat> so it, it's out there, part. but it's it's interesting to see, like Donnie said, to have these consoles come out and actually match or even surpass what a lot of people can reasonably buy in a in a PC. That excites me because that's what I've been saying the whole time about the Series X. If it's worth the money. That I'm so happy, like to to five hundred, six hundred, they go five ninety nine. Like if you're like this is on par with most, you know, top of the line PCs right now, and you will be playing games at ultra high performance settings for at least a few years. Like you won't, you don't feel bad about your investment. Then I'm I'm all in. Like that that has me most excited. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just that ease. Like you're not dealing with having to build a PC and make sure everything is compatible and everything is working, you know, yep. to be able to just turn it on and not have to worry about go to the box, go to the store, buy the box, bring it home, turn it on and be able to just launch a game and have it be on par with your PC friends and probably be able to play with your PC friends through some sort of cross play. I mean, that's huge. That's really, really, really huge 
just to be able to kind of thin the line between consoles and, and PC players with the powerful with the power of the Series X. <clears throat> I mean, it's exciting. It, it's, it's cool because uh, you know every generation they're always touting, oh, power. We've we've got the most powerful console. They've got the most powerful console, and it it's cool to see it actually really matter now. Yeah, like it's at a point where you can play on the consoles and still get, you know, the, the quote unquote best experience because you're running on basically PC hardware that's customized for the console, which mm-hmm. I guess has always been the case, but now it's actually really competitive in terms of what's out there on the market. I, I immediately um, went to like some PC sites cause I wanted to get like their feedback off of this. And a lot of them were like, wow, like this might mm-hmm. be like the recommended way to play <laughs> they're like man if i could just run you know like pc stuff if i could run steam on this thing this thing would be perfect a lot of them yeah. were excited about it and um yeah from the playstation side what are you hearing from those communities because i've seen a lot of playstation folks like wow i can't believe this like yeah they're like a lot of the playstation folks i listen to they're like i don't know if playstation's gonna go this far yeah it's it's crazy because we don't know what the heck PlayStation is doing. Like yeah. we've heard that it's gonna have native ray tracing, that it's gonna have a Navi chip and all the same kind of stuff. They've got but that we, super SSD. That's the thing that they keep telling. Yeah. They have their own proprietary yeah, SSD thing. Mm-hmm. But how many flops you got? You know what I'm saying? Like we're hearing like nine <laughs> nine flops, nine teraflops or whatnot. Their SSD um, thing has me excited because some of the leak stuff that I've seen, they, they touted it might be twice as fast as whatever the Xbox is putting in theirs. And that's cool. It'll so, load faster. That's great. Well, it's, <laughs> it'll do a lot more than just load fast, right? Like it'll stream in assets into the game faster. Um, so like there are, there are actual gameplay and reasons for doing something like that, that, you know, like we are getting to a point where like, yeah, I understand flops are how we measure like total cycles, but just like we've seen this gen, if PlayStation has the lead platform and everybody is coding to nine teraflops versus 12, that SSD could be a huge difference. Like we could see upon release, we could be seeing like less than half the load times on both, right? Like PlayStation loads in five seconds, Xbox is at 15. PlayStation has no pop in, Xbox does. Like speed, the bus to which to do all this might become the performance measurable versus k's and frames mm. I'll, I'll i'll wait and see because i have ssds in my system and it doesn't really make that much of a difference yeah the games load faster but once they're loaded into memory it is eh. yeah i have to see what the actual <clears throat> architecture of their ssd is like what else does it do other than just be fast because a lot of times once the game is loaded it's not running off the ssd it's in your it's in your memory it's loaded in memory running off that yep so I want to see, I want the actual specs to find out exactly what it's doing to improve the performance of the game from that standpoint, other than just being able to load things in faster. Because an in, in, in SSD, it'll it'll help load assets in like your graphics and, and your polygons and all that stuff. But when it comes to the actual game running, you need something mm-hmm. that's actually processing right. the code. Exactly. So your CPU and your GPU, that's that's what's really going to matter when it comes to actually running the game. Even if yeah. PS5 maybe loads faster, I mean, yeah. you're not. So you can get all your stuff in there real, real quick, and all your assets are loaded. You're not getting any pop in. But then when things start happening on the screen, are your frames dipping because your CPU and your GPU yeah. aren't processing <clears> the <throat> power to keep the 
stuff going. It's great that everything's there. Boom, it's there. But when things start happening on screen, you've got your explosions, you've got your ambient occlusion, you've got all your, your lighting, your ray tracing, are your frames now dipping because your CPU and your GPU can't keep up. And both are, so, both are expected to have hardware dedicated ray tracing. I mean, Microsoft mm-hmm. went on record. They're using their directs, their direct X API stuff that they released. And that's really, really cool because we, we talked about that a little bit over the summer when that, that was like all the rage. That just means like we'll have more effects. Like the fire will be more fiery. The smoke will be more smoky. The particle effects it's will be more, more particle effects. It's so much more than that. Like if you look, <laughs> if you watch the Minecraft video that I posted in there. Which one? The one at the very top of the, in our notes. If you look at that and you look at the difference of what having not simulated light, but the actual what the light does, it changes the look of the game completely. Oh, sure. I'm, I was just talking about the particle effects. You were talking about the processing. That's, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was just focusing on, on that particular aspect okay. of what ray tracing will bring to particle effects and oh. the ability to do that. It may sound nominal to folks that don't care as much about the tech and like, okay, like we've got puddles and, and, you know, like ripples and things like that. It takes a lot of processing to do that. If you go and do like ray tracing demos, you go like a YouTube, like RTX demos for like puddles that move and the light reflect in real time based off AI, that'll bring really strong PC cards to its knees. Like frame rate on Tomb Raider. I've seen a lot of frame. That's the game that I, I keep seeing a lot of people like demonstrating this with frame rates on Tomb Raider crashes when they try to show you like these fire effects because it's reflecting the light and the smoke and everything is bending to the camera into the world off of AI versus what we've had to this point. Like you said, simulated. Mm-hmm. The game yep. is expecting you to look at it from away, so they're, it's basically like an illusion. Like they're they're building in the shadow for you versus the shadow actually being rendered off of how you're controlling the game. So no, I'm with you there. Yeah, the the whole ray tracing, the whole thing is going to make games more realistic, more more natural than ever mm-hmm. before. But even just those, those particle effects that we see now, like it's going to be a whole other level going forward. So you know, a lot of people are. Well, I don't have 120 Ks or I don't have a 4K TV. It's so much more than just that. Like those are exactly. those are just basic measurables. Like the the whole game is going to look more realistic, even on a 1080P mm-hmm. thing. It's going to be doing things that we've never seen done before. Yeah, and even even beyond the the graphics and the way things look, I'm I'm excited to see what it brings to gameplay and just world design. Like, yeah. I mean, even if you just take the same world, like something like GTA Five, like. If they took that same world, kept it the same size, but just filled it with people and every building is enterable and everything is interactable, like that would be so cool to just see everything just like you're talking Skyrim, but 200% more dense where everything is touchable, but it all runs perfect and everything interacts with each other. Like, do you think that would be just amazing? Ooh, Absolutely. This is good. I want to ask you this. Um, I just recently checked out the uh the was it ign has a series that's like console watch with damon oh, Hatfield. Mm-hmm. yeah and um <clears throat> they're talking they've been talking about this a bit they keep mentioning but they just did this like article with indie devs and they're like what does this all this power and stuff mean to you and one of the indie devs were like well it means that like these processes that we have in place in the game we can have more of them so like uh they, they talked to the oxen free folks since night school and they're like, yeah. so like the bar scene that we had, we had all these conversations, these people walking around. He's like, we could have more of that on screen and not be worried about performance. And the very <laughs> first thing that I thought, it's based just off of this generation. 
do you actually think that's the way devs are going to go with it? Because I feel like <laughs> devs really, really just push visuals. Like the moment you give them yeah. more performance, they're like more <laughs> graphics, more frames. Like it's, we don't like even this gen was such a leap off the last gen. And then the next cycle, right? With the Xbox one X versus just the regular X was such a leap, uh, even just within this gen, but nobody's really pushing that. Um, nobody has really pushed that way. A lot of people are pushing bigger worlds, more polygons, more textures. You know, like that seems to be the way that devs always push games. Um, you know, like we may have an indie dev or something that has a specific vision that they want to use that. But I'm I'm still waiting to see a developer go. It's not about 4K. It's not about our, how big our world is. It's about mm-hmm. this system that we put in place. Like, and the only thing that I can even think of really might be like the nemesis system that's like the only thing that actually got highlights like no no this is next gen this is different we're doing a whole different thing because of this power but they're like the only example right like am am i missing something am i overlooking or not played something everything else has kind of stayed the same just bigger and prettier yeah we definitely have gotten into like a stagnation when it comes to that words we've been pushing okay we're 1080p now okay, now we're 4K and we're just been pushing that and the visual stuff instead of trying to like say, no, you know what? Let's not go 4K. Let's let's do 1080, let's do 60 and let's build out this world and make things actually different, you know? And like you said, the Nemesis system was probably the only thing that really did anything like that. We haven't really seen any other like new, like crazy type tech. It's I hear just these been devs. Big- I've heard the devs say these things for years. Oh, we have this new mm-hmm. AI and you'd be able to talk to everybody. We have these cascading systems and like these side missions that compound on each other. And it's going to be like nothing you've ever played before. And then Watch uh, Dogs is a perfect example of that. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and a lot of stuff like that, the limitation wasn't necessarily the hardware, but just the, the development effort mm-hmm. to try to tie all those systems together is that's a lot of work to do yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a thing where, especially in the first couple of years, it's like our game is the prettiest. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. our game looks the best. It's it may be a bad game, but it looks the best, so everybody should buy it. So I, I don't want to just call it BS, but there is a big part of me. It's like just waiting to see if somebody actually comes through with it because I kind of feel like that's what we're about to start seeing again. Give it six months, and we're yeah. just going to be like, look how beautiful and gigantic Assassin's Creed Ragnarok is, the biggest game ever made. And I just think I think it's easy to sell games that way. Like it's so mm-hmm. much easier to demonstrate that in a video than mm-hmm. it is like Watch Dogs 3 be any NPC in the game. You know, like it's so much easier to showcase like how pretty your game is. Yeah. I'm more excited. Like you said, like the Oxen Free guys with After Party talking about being able to do something that looks like what a Pixar movie looks like yeah. and have that kind of just representation. Like you can do so much more than just push a pretty picture. I want to see a lot more of that. Like I want to see a world that's, that's running like if I walk outside New York right now, that city is alive. I want to be able to play a game that is like that. I want to be able to play the next GTA where it's just the it's so dense. And it's not like, you know, how every now and again when you switch to one of the characters, they're stuck in traffic. I want the game to constantly be like that. If you can create a world that feels that alive, that to me is worth so much more than just you know, making the game pretty. And my thing GTA was like, six New York traffic simulator. <laughs> the AI of like NPCs and things like that, like that though, having the world react to me based on my gameplay, 
uh, you know, that could set off like a whole new level of immersion. Being able to yeah. to simulate actually talking to people, not like a, a tree where I have like an A, B choice that, you know, generates C and D, but actually mm-hmm. having some real effect on the game and maybe like how I t- like Dying Light has me very excited in that regards. There's a lot of Dying Light 2 stuff. There's a lot of you make decisions now that have cascading effects, not just now in this story, but the story down the line, like it all starts building upon itself, right? So like you, uh, one of the examples they had, I had something like you have to go open or close like the dam to get water, but doing so may kill the doctor, which means in chapter eight, you don't have a doctor to save your friend's life and stuff like that. Like having stuff like that could really bring a whole new amount of realism to the game and make you feel like you're actually impacting the world overall as a part of just playing your role in the play. Absolutely. So basically you're saying wait wait for uh David Cage to make something. I mean if if yeah, if if this type of setup could allow him to fully realize his dream, like dude, Detroit could be <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so a game like that could be really, real serious. Yeah. I'm excited. Um other things like the the smart delivery, the quick resume, those are also really cool features, but I feel like they're a little more gimmicky. I mean, it's do just you, patches. I love the idea of quick resume because not only did could you do it, which we can do now, but you could have it in multiple safe states. And they said yeah. he said you could do it after you turn your console off. Yeah, that to doesn't me, feel I feel like, like a gimmick. That feels like one of those things that we don't know we want it now, and then once we have it, we'll never not want it again. I feel like this always worked for PS4. Like, unless it was Destiny, a game that was stuck online where you couldn't get into a quick resume. But anytime I played, like, Spider-Man, literally, I just put the game in standby. And yeah. Back Even right when you turn your console off? No, console off, I get that. They're going to probably save that game state in the cloud. So that is new. And then that's multiple cool. versions. So, like, for, if you're me, yeah, multiple games. and yeah. you're jumping across know. multiple games, like, that's... I don't know. I mean, I'm maybe I'm too excited. To me, it like, just I'm like, like, that's, that's awesome. Feature that's yeah. already there, but... I mean, who turns their console off? Yeah, I'm always in rest mode. But I, but I'm I'm with Donnie that like because I utilize that feature all the time. Like I've I've got a game that I'm playing, and I want to watch TV or whatever, so I'll, I'll jump into Hulu or Netflix, and then an hour later, jump back into the game, or I go to sleep and I wake up the next morning and I I boot up my system again and the game's ready. So to be able to do that, like honestly, sometimes. I'll be like, oh, I feel like playing a different game, but this game's already loaded. I do like that a lot. So I'm just going to keep playing this game. But if I could have like three or four games just, you know, that I'm juggling always in a in a state and I can just jump between them, that'd be great. Would like, I think also, that's awesome. Would that also bypass like the game's like boot load screen? I, I imagine it will with SSDs and all that. Yeah, it should. So mm-hmm. I was going to ask, have you guys played like GTA 5 in a while? Have you played it recently? Mm-hmm. No. Like, GTA 5 no. takes a really long time to get into the game. Oh, it's yeah. always you, you know, know like I when know. you hit that button, like you're there for a few minutes. Like if I could just click GTA and, whew, like I'm right where I picked back off. Like I, <laughs> I'm kind of weirdly excited. I'm like that sounds awesome. See, now yeah, you want to download and install it on one of my SSDs and see how much faster it loads. See, and that that's that's my favorite thing whenever it comes to to next gen or, or new stuff is to seeing what quality of life. Like graphics are always going to get better. Worlds are always going to get better. But I want to see what quality of life things they're bringing that's going to make my gaming experience better. Like, and I think that was what was exciting about Stadia in the first place was just being able to just start a game and jump between my phone and my computer and my TV. Like, so to get more of that, like, and that's why I love my Switch so much is 
I turn it on and I'm in a game. Mm-hmm. I I don't like wasting time when I already have limited time to begin with. Yeah. So like if I can get rid of those five minute initial load times, I mean that's five minutes more I get to play. So like that's that's all great for me. I guess yeah. I'm I've been I guess spoiled with my PC where for the most part things don't take as long to load at all. But even so, but, for- like Div Two takes me a minute. And it's just a minute, but it is a minute. I gotta, I gotta boot the UI, boot the game. It's gotta connect, runs its little mm-hmm. tutorial. Then I actually click the session. It runs a session. Then I'm in the game. Like that's if I still had gonna, that up, that's still gonna happen because it's an online game. Well, I know like that. That type of game. I feel like those type of games, the the, the constantly, the the live the live games or whatnot. That's not gonna change because you're not gonna be able to stay in that session forever. So you're, you're still, still gonna, gonna have yeah. to. Do that. You're going to get past the boot time initially, but then loading into the game, connecting to the session, all that stuff is going to still be dependent on your internet and their server. Sure. And is it compatible? But it's like the destiny. And instead of getting like the production start and the title menu and then your game file, if it just was like connecting to destiny, like it just took you right to the connection screen and it just loaded your game back in, that's a significant savings. For the most part on PC, that's what it does. Like, there's okay. not a whole lot of that, that one. Actually, it's it's more like I'm just mad because it doesn't do the quick resume, so I have to just see the Destiny logo for a quick second, and then it's like, which character do you want to play? I gotcha. That one actually loads pretty fast, but it's still you're you're waiting because it's an online game. And your session ends, but for like Spider Man, if I can jump between Spider Man and God of War and Red Dead or whatnot, and I'll be in save states and just turn it on and just jump right in, have to worry about loading through you know, all the regular screen stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the online stuff really has nothing to do with the console and it has to do with the, the games servers and they're constantly mm-hmm. juggling. They're like, Oh, you've been idle for 10 minutes. So we're going to, we're going to kick you off because yep. we can use that, that server resource for someone else. Does uh, either one of you have <coughs> TVs that can support 120 frames? Nope. Neither do I. No, I don't think so. Either Which is why the high TV. <laughs> Uh, those TVs are really expensive, or well, if you can get them cheap, they're not that great. Because I, yeah. at Black Friday, I, I, I initially bought a Samsung. It was 4K, and it, it had like 120 game mode that it booted into, and it was really smooth when I when I played certain games. But I ended up taking it back and getting a different TV because, you know, it, it was cheap, and I was like, oh man, this is an amazing price. But there's a reason it was an amazing price because they mm-hmm. skimped out on the actual screen quality and everything. It was like there was a lot of light bleed, and it wasn't very bright. Um, so I ended up getting a different uh, TV for the same price, but put more emphasis into the colors and the deep blacks and everything. So it's a lot better picture, but it is capped at sixty. Yeah, and that. <clears throat> That's going to be the biggest thing going forward, which is kind of why, like, that's our highlight of the week, monitors. Um, we're going to skip the GeForce Now stuff because, like, quite honestly, eh, GeForce Now, we're just saying that they're losing they're losing their, 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 their gusto. A lot of devs are pulling their games from their service because it is a very, very muddied area about compensation. Like, how, yeah. how do games get – how do developers and, or, or publishers get compensated when you're – charging for a service but now my game is on there and i didn't really get permission you didn't get permission to put my game on there so my so G- has some some uphill stuff to climb the right comparison now. that i wanted to make with with geforce is how is it really any different than xcloud 
Well, xCloud isn't making a profit. But not yeah. yet, but they will. Like we assume yeah, but that's that they gonna be charged for access. That's going to be tied into the whole Game Pass thing. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll see how but it's different. But it, but we don't know that Microsoft's going to give devs any money out of that. No. Um, but it's also running through Microsoft. So it's like more than likely there's going to be something built into the, the, you know, the, the, the license agreement. The point that I was going to make is I was going to make a, a stance for Microsoft. One of the cool things that I, I think um, I'll give Phil Spencer's regime credit for it. Since they've... <clears throat> turned the ship not only have they become very consumer friendly it feels like microsoft has become very developer friendly with game pass mm-hmm. and now cool. x cloud like they're offering devs all kinds of ways to get their game to people like you can be with games with gold or you can be in game pass and you can be in x cloud and you know x cloud is all built off of the same like you know we mentioned earlier like stadia you've got a you've got to run a linux version of your game you have to develop it Xbox mm-hmm. has been adamant. You don't have to touch your game at all. We'll take care of it for you. Like, how awesome is that going to be? If I just put my game on Xbox, I can have PC crossplay. I can do Game Pass. They'll do streaming for me. Like, they're just doing all that for you just by being a partner. That's really, really cool. I kind of thought GeForce, like, I feel like you could make the same argument unless I'm missing something. It's like GeForce well, I, is like, we're providing your customers that are buying your game ways to stay connected to your game that you're not here's Isn't that a good thing here's where i i think the difference is is because with xbox and xcloud and all that if if you buy a game on the xbox store you are purchasing a license to play that game on an xbox console and mm-hmm. xcloud being an extension of that you are still in the same ecosystem if you buy a game on the epic store you have bought a license to play that game via the epic launcher but now it's one thing to stream it from your pc and using like a client to do that but now with geforce now geforce they have to somehow i mean i know they're checking into the epic store to make sure you have a license and everything but they are running an instance of that game that you don't own like they're using your license to play a game on their servers that I don't know if they bought like a hundred licenses to be able to do that or, or whatever, but that's where I see where it could get weird because they are now running an instance that is not on your PC. Like that is something that they had to obtain themselves mm-hmm. and you're just using your license to access it. But it's like, where did they get that license for that instance that they're running? And they're profiting <laughs> off it and not yeah. sharing that profit with, you know, the person who made the game. I think that's where, a lot of them are drawing the line like, wait, you're going to charge for this service. We're not seeing a penny of it. And that's not part of our license agreement. You know, I think that's where it comes down to it, where like with an Xbox, their license agreement is stating that it's being played on Xbox hardware. And if this is just an extension of the Xbox hardware or you're streaming it from your own Xbox, then that falls in line where GeForce now is like all of a sudden NVIDIA is like, yeah, we just built you know some servers and we're going to run your games on our servers and we're going to charge you for it. And yeah. and for all we know, there might be a disconnect between what's available on Xbox and what's available on xCloud. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even, even now, I mean, I know xCloud is just a beta, but the library that's available on xCloud is different. I mean, there is some yeah. similarities, but it's different yeah, than it's what's available everything. on Game Pass. And you have to think and it's not devs everything. Have, devs will have the ability to opt in or opt out. Yeah, yeah. They, they could say, all right, we're going to put our game on, on the Xbox store, but... 
we don't want it available for xCloud. Yeah. Like if you want that, I don't know, maybe you have to pay extra. But X, Microsoft has said that they are they will include it with Game Pass to some effect, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah, they they've alluded to it, but we we don't we still have no like official confirmation. I think being able to stream from your console like remote play like that that'll be for everybody, but the whole running a game from Game Pass servers that's going to come at some cost. Yeah. And so that's why I think that maybe it will be some sort of separate service. Like if you want just xCloud, you can just like you can have just Xbox Live yeah. or you can have just Game Pass Game or, Pass. We've, got, or we've got this bundle that has everything. And they might just include it into all. <clears throat> yeah. You know, like it, I mean, it I'm sure they probably value. will. Because eventually all these deals and everything and promos are going to go away and, X, and Ultimate is going to be $15 a month. And that's mm. significantly more than the $60 a year. So they could yeah. just add it to that and it's like an added benefit. Like you get the games, you get Game Pass, you get PC, and now you can stream your games from wherever you are. You can play Xbox all the time. Like that's a really good sales pitch for 15 bucks. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier. That, Stadia Pro. That, yeah. And you mentioned earlier that Microsoft has really turned the ship around and they're so much more friendly with consumers and developers and everything. And I think that's going to be big for them going into yeah. the next gen because they are positioning themselves like, and I think that's been the plan this entire time. It's like, cause they haven't been trying to push Xbox or anything. They've been pushing all these services. Windows. So now when you, when you buy a series, <laughs> they are X, Microsoft 365 and Xbox yeah. <laughs> is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> so now, now when you buy a series X, you're going to have access to all this stuff and they're going to bundle it, you know, with six months of game pass. So it's like, you can buy this console and now you've got six months of games. Like, like that's really cool. And I think that's, and that's what I was talking about, the quality of life stuff that I'm more excited about. And it's, you know, I don't know, I, I'd like to make a comment and Dev, you tell me if it's true. PC gaming is such a huge market. And by mm-hmm. them having Xbox Game Pass for PC, having their own launcher and starting to market to that giant group of people, having read some of the reactions at like PC Gamer and some PC tech folks, I'm starting to see PC gamers like, I kind of want an Xbox because I don't have the money or want to have the money to upgrade my current PC. So mm-hmm. I'll get an Xbox and play these games here. And then five, six years down the road when the Xbox is starting to come, that's when I'll upgrade my PC and I'll still have a shared library. It's almost like it's hilarious because when Xbox first started doing all this stuff, the immediate reaction was nobody needs an Xbox. Nobody should have buy just PC, PC, PC. And now they're like, well, we have this awesome PC Xbox and people are like, well, PC gamers are going to start buying Xbox. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's the truth. Like I said, like you can spend, you know, $1,200 on a 2080 Ti, or you can buy an Xbox and a Series X for half that cost and be able to run the games better than your current PC. So it's like, mm, yeah, I'll go ahead and do that. And I'll have Ultimate. And then when I upgrade my PC, I'll have all those games on my PC as and well. Like, and you don't have to abandon your PC. You can still exactly. play PC. You don't have to adopt a console lifestyle. You can still play nope. PC and you boot up Xbox Game Pass for PC and you've got all these PC-specific games you can play. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of nuts how this is spinning around in just three yeah. years. Yeah. Yep. It, it's really funny, though, to see you, you see a post and you go into the comments and there's always those people that are like, well, then why would I buy an Xbox? And it's like, well, then don't like yeah. this. This is Microsoft's whole play is like, you know, we don't care what you buy. 
because you're buying Windows anyways. You're buying Xbox. You're buying our games that go to us no matter where you buy it. Like their plan is just to get you into the ecosystem, not necessarily to buy some specific piece of hardware. And to exactly. keep you. That's the, th- yeah. the thing that Xbox <clears throat> is doing better than anybody. It's not just a lot of people are making pitches to get you into the ecosystem. There aren't many folks making nearly as good an argument to keep you. Like, why would you not have Game Pass? That's almost the more yep. important question. It's like, it's so valuable. You should absolutely have it completely. Like, I have yeah. it blindly <laughs> for like until like t- next 30 years. Yeah. Just- like, it's like, why not? <laughs> Of course, yeah. future proofing this this decision. I think I've got like another year and a half of Game Pass already paid for because yeah. I upgraded my Xbox. I think I bought an extra year of Xbox Live just so that I could upgrade it with that like two dollar <laughs> upgrade. And so now I've got access to Ori that comes out, you know, in like five days, and all these other games that are coming out. And I've played so many games that I probably never would have played before because I was able to just try them on Game Pass. And, and I know, think that's very valuable. You know, they have data and they've got analytics about all of that. And, you know, that's what they're showing to devs. Yeah. You know, here are how adventure RPGs are performing on Game Pass. Here are how they are performing on Game Pass for PC. Here's how many subscribers we have until this date. <laughs> Here's how many subscribers we brought on this quarter. Here's the future of streaming. Here's how you can play xCloud. Here's how xCloud can re- have you reach gamers that you can't currently reach on phones and PCs and like you know they've got all of that. Alright. Yeah. I, I think Dev is itching to talk about monitors. Sorry. Oh, Sorry, no. Dev. <laughs> we turned it into an Xbox show. This is actually my thing though. The monitors was my thing. I brought this up to Dev. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the Xbox thing. But I was gonna say, like I was scrolling through like the Xbox PC game pass, like this is just ridiculous the amount of games that I just have access to. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily installed, but it's just like there's just so many games so many different types of games here that i could just boot up and play i was like this is just ridiculous well, i have paid a red sip to these people there's been so many promos and i've got game pass this june it's like, did you guys do the promo oh. i just i shared on cd keys like do you guys uh, know the cd keys know. website no yeah they just did game pass ultimate it was three months for like seven dollars which oh, is, it was less than half of one month and you could buy three there was like three. So I bought nine <laughs> more months of Game Pass Ultimate. Like I'm through like 2024, I think. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I just did that so I can get through the end of the year. It's just even, stupid at this point. It's dumb, right? It's dumb. It's absolutely insane the amount of content you have access to for basically nothing. Well, and like I don't know how it's going to work, but once they implement xCloud into this, like imagine being able to, you're browsing through Game Pass You've got access to xCloud on your Xbox mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to play this game. So you click it, it automatically starts downloading, but boots up the game in xCloud. And now you're playing the game streaming and in I've 30 been- minutes to an hour when it's downloaded, you just switch over to the hardware based version. That's like, what I've that, said. That's, that's so what I cool. said at the beginning of streaming. I said the first, my first reaction to that when they announced xCloud was this is how you get, because everybody kept talking about preload. I like everybody's been trying to get away from that. I can't play a game that I just bought for two hours. I got to wait for it to install or four hours. Like that's it. That's the solution is you click the game and the system recognizes whether or not you have it installed. It asks you if you want to install it, but then it just starts playing the game. It starts streaming the game. You're playing right away <laughs> while it's installing. 
if it does that, that's what they should have touted as smart delivery. That's true. <laughs> smart delivery is you being able to play the game in the cloud while you're downloading it in the background. Smart, smart delivery del- is a dumb like tag, but I'm really happy that they that they did make it a like a focal point of, of all of the thing mm-hmm. that they put in that blog. That is mm-hmm. a thing that it, and it seals. It sounds the reason it sounds dumb is PC has been doing this forever, but for whatever reason, I think we all had some hesitation that consoles would adopt it because they like really re-releasing the same games and definitive editions yeah. and ultra editions and the remastered edition and keep selling software. And, and I think, good. I think that'll still happen. Like you're still going to have developers that are going to release the definitive edition for PlayStation five and Xbox series X. Um, but it, it's cool to see Microsoft sort of leading the way They're like, Hey, you know, we've, we've got gears five on the Xbox one. If you put that same disc into the series X, you're going to get the best version of that game and we're going to give it to you for free. But even if developers don't offer that same type of thing and you have to buy like a definitive version to get the best, you can still take that Xbox one disc that you already have or the download that you already have and still play it on the Series X. But by them so, so jumping that is cool. out and doing it and then partnering with Cyberpunk, they're yeah, exactly. pressuring other people to follow suit. Yeah, because you know... It's making everyone look bad. <laughs> if, if Assassin's Creed is like 1080p 30 on Series X and it's 4K 60 on Series X, people are going to be mad. They're yeah. like, wait a minute, you know, like I got to pay you for an upgrade patch or I got to buy a new version of the game. Why do I have to do that? So I love the fact that they were like way out in front nine months yeah. early like this is the expectation that we're setting um, and it's really funny the the pairing with cyberpunk was so perfect because even in their in their tweet they were just like gamers shouldn't have to pay for upgrades like they were very specific in their wording <laughs> so now if you make gamers pay for that upgrade you're now like you're anti cyberpunk and that's yeah. bad. Yeah. nobody <laughs> wants to be anti cyberpunk that's a bad look <laughs> I really want to see what happens with Sony. Like, if they are going to make me pay for a remastered version of uh, Last of Us Two, Spider Man, God of War, Ghost, Spider Man, God of War, I can understand. Like, I wouldn't nope. be at all surprised. That's but, the uh, same thing. <laughs> the Last of Us and Ghost. Those I'm gonna be like, look here, I just bought this. I'm not rebuying it. Y'all smoking something. But I wouldn't be. I would not be at all surprised to see them come out with a definitive version of God of War or Spider-Man or whatever. I wouldn't, I, that be wouldn't surprised. I, I wouldn't be happy about it. That's it. But I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I wouldn't be happy about it, and I, I would, would be not. vocal about it because I would it's a patch. Like, you're right. It's just a – this is PC gaming. You're running the best version of the game that your hardware can run, not the best version that you can buy. Like, exactly. You know, it's like I can run – Horizon, well, I'm just going to say Horizon like because it's going to come to PC. I mm-hmm. should be able to run Horizon as best as my computer can run it because I've invested into my computer. That's the whole point of buying the next-gen hardware. If they're going to just resell <laughs> you the same library, like that, yeah. that idea, as much as we've had it in gaming, in console gaming, as much as that's been a thing, it's so antiquated. It feels so outdated. It's going to uh, be like, like going on to iTunes or whatever and buying a movie. 
You can buy the standard HDX edition, version, the f- or you can buy the, the the HD or the 4K or the blue. Like they've got like four different versions. You can buy like two dollar differences. So the Voodoo, yeah, like they've got a bunch. And they have Prime, there's like six different options you can yeah. get. It's, it's SD and HD and HDX, and <laughs> it's like it's like just let me buy the movie and whatever I'm running it on, give me the best version. Yeah, exactly. I already have Horizon. Let me just start it on this one and all the super high frames and Ks and yeah. Ps and everything. Stop and playing with me. I can see the art. I could see the argument, you know, that they have to rebuild the assets and whatever to make it look better. But, but at the same time, it's like, okay, you've got the eight million people that have already bought the game. Give them the best version, and other people that want to play this game. Now there comes your profit. Like now you can have, now you can have commercials that say, you know play the PlayStation 4 library on the PlayStation 5, now all at 4K, 120 or whatever. Look how much better so, The Last of Us 2 is. Yeah, and so the people that already own it get that benefit, but then all these new people coming in will have to purchase the game. Or if they... Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because like not everybody keeps all their games either. Like yeah. A lot of people trade their games and all that stuff too, so like you're going to have to get people to rebuy them if they want to see exactly. that glory anyway. Yeah. So, yeah I'm just thinking on. about Spider-Man and Horizon with ray tracing. Oof. Oh. Horizon, Horizon. If if Horizon Two is the first one out of the gate, that's going to be the first FOMO decision I'm have to make. So I'm going to be like, oh man. <laughs> so I I wonder. So this this kind of begs the question because you've got these crazy sales where you can buy the Division for three dollars, and you can go on PlayStation right now and buy Horizon, you know, the all inclusive version that has everything for. Fifteen dollars, like it's been cheaper than that. They, they've basically just been giving Horizon away. Yeah. So, like, can I guess if everything's backwards compatible, compatible, and they release like a definitive edition of Horizon for sixty dollars for the PlayStation Five? Like, you could theoretically just go back and buy a PlayStation Four version for fifteen bucks, put yeah. it in your PlayStation Five, and get all the downloadable assets. Like, at least on Xbox. Yeah, on Xbox we for don't sure. Know about PlayStation. We don't know about PlayStation yet because they have not said a thing. I got a feeling that they don't want to do that. Yeah. Oh, they Am I the only one with that sinking feeling? I, oh, I, I'm I, expecting I, to come out and be like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't think they can. If they do that, they know that they've lost. Like, that is, that's putting a nail that's in the your, thing. In your coffin. Like, if we don't do this, we're going to lose. But can we afford not to? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. But at the same time, at the same time, they're most likely going to have a killer library, and oh, that's going to bring people no matter what. Oh, yeah. It's going to piss people off for the first year that they can't bring over their games and get the best versions. We had but it. And when they're all might- playing Horizon Two and God of War Two and Spider Man Two, like nobody's going to care ultimately. Like which Black sucks. Flag did it. Right? <laughs> Didn't Black Flag do it on this gen? Like for you had to pay of, for an up upgrade. Ten dollar upgrade. Black Flag, Battlefield Four. I never bought um, any of it. Did you guys? No. no. Like, I, I wonder if it's still I the same. Like, did they ever just, like, get rid of it and give you the version? I, or? I have no idea. I, no I idea. could try to see if I could download Battlefield 4 because that was one that I bought on PS3 but didn't buy the upgrade for it for PS4. Black Flag, I was just like, I'm just going to buy the PS4 version. Screw the PS3 version. So I just went that way. Because this could be very well be one of those next-gen things that we look back on two years from now. Like, man, we talked all about this, and it did not matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did that with Switch. Yeah, There's so many Switch things I thought leading up to Switch that were, like, just wrong. They were just wrong or just non-important. So this could be it. But this could be this could also be a line in the sand, you know, for people yep. to decide. Yeah. 
Ah, Sony, give us something so we know. Dang it. <laughs> you know there's going to be some Sony folks that are like, oh, I just love the game so much, I'm happy to buy it again. Like, they're not even yeah, going to care, uh, too. They're going to be like, well, you know, they yeah. put all this work in. I want to give them the money. I already gave you my money. My car, my copy is digital. Just give me the Ks. Give me the Ps. Stop playing with my emotions. I want this ray tracing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Ks and Ps and ray tracing and, and Hertz and all of that, monitors, man. Like you alluded to, are we going to buy a new monitor? Are we going to buy a new television? Um, they're super expensive. Are they going to go down in price? Like right now, you can like to get a 144 hertz or even 120 hertz 4K monitor that's probably 27 inches, you're looking at $1,100. More than the price of a TV that's three times the size does 4K and actually is 120 hertz. TCL has a bunch of 4K HDR Series 5 and Series 6 TVs that are actually natively 120 hertz, and they run anywhere from 800 to $1,200, depending on which series TV you get. And you're thinking, okay, if I'm going to have a system that's going to be able to run at this type of frame rate, even if you get some games that are going to be standard like 90, I, I, I imagine that most games at launch will probably be 4K 90 frames, still better than 60, still smoother. Is it going to be worth it to even buy a better monitor? Are we going to start seeing more monitors coming out that have, or TVs coming out that have a have a better refresh rate or better have more Hertz 144 opposed to 240? And not that crazy motion rate nonsense that most TVs have now. And is it worth it? I mean, so I, I wanted to talk about monitors, uh, one, because I wrote down in this, in this notepad, and you guys can tell me after we talk about this first part, what what the hell is G-Sync? I don't know what any of this means. Um, so I started playing on my PC. I bought this PC that I had devs help with, started playing the Division 2. Now, I have these monitors. These monitors are not special. I bought them for $100 a piece. They are Acer, HDR. They had something, they're like glossy something or whatever. That was like their thing that when I, when I bought them. Um, it plays the Division 2 in 1080p, 60 frames a second. And I got to admit, looks great. <laughs> like I was playing the game. I was like, man, this looks fantastic. Uh, it's real nice. So there's a part of me that's like, do I even need a new monitor? I know that we could tap into 4K and I love 4K on my TV and I play Far Cry and all that. And I've talked a lot about how much I enjoy it. Um, but I just bought a TV. Dev knows like this past Christmas, this past, past Black Friday, I bought a 70 inch 4K TCL TV. It's not 120 or 144 hertz or refresh or whatever that is. I'm not buying another TV. <laughs> Absolutely not. I love that TV and I am definitely not buying another TV anytime soon. I have flat screens where all of my games are. And none of them are those. Like, they're all 4K now. I did update to all 4K. But I don't know mm -hmm. if the frames are so important to me that I would want to upgrade my TV for just that. Now, monitors is a different story because I bought these monitors cheap. I don't really have any tie to them. So uh, the reason I wanted to talk about monitors is, like, exactly what am I missing on monitors? Because monitors, unlike TVs, are expensive. TVs are yeah. cheap. You get a beautiful, big, giant 4K TV three four hundred dollars now like tvs are cheap monitors are not <laughs> like you get a 30 4k 144 hertz monitor it's like six hundred dollars like they are you know that's an investment so um there's a part of me that feels like i didn't need it but if i was ever going to get one 
I would want your guys's input and in telling me like exactly what I could expect and what I should be looking for um, because I have a dual monitor set up. And I think if I was to ever get an actual monitor to play games on PC, like I said, we've got a Game Pass for PC, Epic Store, all the stuff that I'm getting. I've all, I'm building this digital footprint library, my VR stuff, my Oculus, uh, like all of this stuff is running off PC. So if I needed a monitor, I'm, I'm open to getting one. But if I was getting to get one, um, I think I'd want one big monitor instead mm-hmm. of having two it's little monitors, just one big monitor to sit here and it does all the things. So that's an interesting, interesting question. So G-Sync basically is something that just syncs up the screen refresh rate with your game refresh rate so that you're not getting tearing or bleeding or anything like that. Okay. So when you're running at 120 frames and you have G-Sync or whatnot, and you have that V-Sync is turned that, on. I was going to say, is that the same thing as like V-Sync? And isn't there like FreeSync? FreeSync is the AMD version. Okay. So the same thing? Mm-hmm. It's basically just aligning all of your frames so you don't get tearing. Like right now on my current monitor, I get tearing on, like, for example, games that aren't very well optimized, like um, uh, The Last Jedi game or whatnot. It had, I had terrible, terrible screen tearing. So I'd be running it at 60 frames with or without uh, VSync turned on in the game client. And my, t- my monitor supports FreeSync. Having that turned on or not, I would have basically you'd see a line going from the bottom of my screen. I was just about to say for our listeners, let's explain screen tearing. So I've had a couple instances where screen tearing to me is like the most egregious. Like I can deal with drop frames. That kind of feels like chugging. I can feel like when a game isn't processing, like I can deal with that. Screen tearing where you see the picture on the screen doesn't line up where Mm -hmm. it's like two offset pictures. Think about you take a picture, you cut it in half, and then you like you kind of off adjust them and you see a tear in the image that's screen tearing uh the most egregious time i ever saw it was uh, on wii u played spider-man game it's like spider-man 2 on wii u it has colossal amounts of screen tearing basically through all cutscenes in most of the game there is just a line through the middle of the screen and i played two missions like i can't do this i can't I just take the game back like i don't even want to play this um because i'll see those are one of those things i'll see I'll never not unsee it. I'll never not focus on it when I'm looking at the picture. So, yeah. yeah. And that's where having a faster monitor helps because you can actually turn the, it actually runs fast enough to where you don't get that turn. But again, the game also, you have to have the hardware to be able to push that. And the game has to be optimized, which is all the little quirks and ins and outs of having. Um, oh, that makes me just want to go. I'll just stay at 1080p and <laughs> right. run the game. Right. And honestly, for your system, your setup, 4K is not really something that you're going to want to do. You're going to want to probably get 2K. So a 2K monitor running at 144, probably like an ultra wide or whatnot, so you can have that nice curve and just kind of take in everything. That is probably going to be more realistically where you're going to get the most bang for your buck in a monitor on a, on, on PC. Because like I said, trying to get one that does 4K, that does HDR and also runs at you know 120 frames or 144 you're looking at like 1100 1200 it's yeah and 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 when you're talking about monitors that are just a few inches away from you like the the difference between 2k and 4k isn't gonna be i mean it's almost non-existent if you're at a 21 or 27 inch monitor like it doesn't really matter 2k is probably your best bet but that's if you care about the frame rate i mean 120 hertz is really nice, but most people, 
don't really care about yeah, it. It's more about this. That's for like shooters. When you have really, really fast paced games, that actually makes a difference in reaction speed and things of that nature. When you're playing just a regular, you know, Assassin's Creed or something, 60 frames is going to be really what you want to make sure you're hitting. Um, and it just begs the question, like we're, we're ta- touting all of this stuff for, you know, next gen being able to hit 120 frames. Is it, it does it matter? Does it really matter? Especially when you're playing on a big TV, is 60 going to be enough or yeah. are you going to be able to see a big enough difference in that 120 that you're going to be like, oof? outside of shooters, I just don't know that it matters that much to have 120 frames in Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and and sometimes some of those games could actually be ruined by having too high of a frame rate because mm-hmm. they're trying to capture a certain feel, like a cinematic feel. Yep. You you don't go to movies and see movies in 120 <laughs> frames per second. Like no, if if you're going for that cinematic feel, you're going to want to stick at, at stick to 30 or maybe 60. Yep. That's a good um, point. I remember when they released God of War the definitive edition on Xbox and it had all the increased frame rates, it took me a minute getting used to it. It felt like real fast and like like fluid. And now, like with Gears 5, I've been played that way for these years. I'd hate to ever go back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, And I hear that from like PC gaming folks that they, they always say like once you go 120, like 60 is hard. And I imagine yeah. it's the same thing with, with 30. But with 30, like I said, with 30, when you have frame drapes, when you have frame drops below 30, it really feels like the game is chugging, like it's not performing. As long as you're at 60, I think everything feels fluid. Yeah. Like 60 well, feels fluid. Play at 60 and then you play at 30, 30 feels like it's chugging. 30 feels like you are moving in molasses. It's yeah. so hard to get used to that. Like I've been playing a lot of games in 60 frames. Anytime I turn a game and it, if I play a game and it drops to 50, you feel it. Just because, yeah. like, you actually get used to the motion and just the smoothness of it. Like, you can definitely tell when the game has dropped to like fifty, and then playing in thirty is almost impossible. Like, your and reaction speed to to things on the screen completely changes. Yep. Yeah, and there's some some of the games that they have like the the graphics mode and the performance mode. I always switch to performance because I I prefer the smooth. So it would it'll be nice that even if even if your team TV is capped at sixty. It'd be nice to, you know, have your performance mode, but still get all the visuals of mm-hmm. graphics. Like it'd be nice to not have that disconnect and just get everything all at once. Yep. Yeah, I remember Seth was saying he was playing Tomb Raider and he tried to play it in 60 frames and it just felt way, it just felt off for him because he was used to that 30 more cinematic feel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that 60, even though it's a lot smoother, it was just very, very jarring for him to be able to to figure that out. It was just really, really yeah. weird for him. And <laughs> I think that it also is the reverse. Like, I can't go back to 30 frames. Like, this is why it's so hard yeah. to turn on my console lately. I just, I can't do it. It just feels wrong. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, I need 120. Like, I don't have anything that could run anything at 120 hertz. But I do like, I really do like the 60 and I prefer it because I'm the type of person that goes in and turns off motion blur and turns oh, yeah, off, me too. Get rid of that. I turn off everything and I just, I want it to be like, I want the gameplay to feel fast and fluid. Like yeah. 30, 30 is fine if, if you're not switching back and forth. It's like but, a walking sim. Yeah. Ugh. 
Like, oh my god, it's it's so weird. It's so weird to play in 30 after playing in 60. But yeah, I'm like you turn off that, turn off the motion blur, turn off the film grain, get rid of all that. I want it to look as smooth and, and as yeah. clean as possible. Like can you imagine Doom in 30? Ugh. Doom in 30 frame. I couldn't do that. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. So to finally be able to be able to get, you know, the full 4K, the full 60, possibly 120. On Donnie's seventy-inch TV while he's playing Doom, just with feels the LEDs like on the wall. <laughs> and, it, and HDR so and ray tracing. That's another thing I'm wondering: what the ray tracing are these TVs going to be able to handle and actually properly show what the what the colors and what the ray tracing? Well, the is ray tracing to also does HDR like audio, yeah. right? Like the, the audio yeah. can bend yeah. just like the light mm-hmm. can, and you can send audio yes. signals towards the player. Um, from a bunch of different directions and, and a lot mm-hmm. more accurately than like just the right or left headphone that they can do now. But like mm-hmm. being able to send that through a TV and hear a direction that makes you look right, you know, like that would be really, really cool. But I, like our TV is even capable of that. Is this a point where we're outperforming what TVs do? It's possible. But like something like ray tracing, though, I I don't think that's going to be limited by what the TV can produce. Yeah, it's like that, that picture. Point. That's more of an HDR thing, um, yes. but ray tracing the that's going to be based on the game and the way the light works in the game. But the, the TV will be able to produce whatever the game shows. Um, HDR is the only thing that might be that's limiting. I'm just mm-hmm. saying for all the last two minutes that we talked about this, like guys, Hellblade is going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, but- <laughs> but the the sound the sound that's going to be a, a bigger thing. Yes. It, because having that spatial sound and spatial awareness is, although it might be better, like they can kind of mimic it, um, it's definitely going to be limited by what kind of sound system you have. Which like if, if you've got a pair of $20 headphones, like it's going to sound way different than a pair of $300 headphones yep. that has a bunch of different, it's not limited to just left and right what's in there. It's got, they've got a dozen different um, speakers in there that can send sound at different areas. Which is why the headphone market is so big and I keep telling Daddy he needs to invest in some really, really good... I got good the A40s, man. I got the A20s, not the A40s. I don't know. But even that, though, that's the problem. Even the A40s aren't like... Yeah. Like, these are these are some noise-canceling Sony ones. You told you know, me that, that the headset I was got nice. was fine. It is fine for you. But you know, when we get into next gen, you you're gonna want to get some kind of better soundbar, or you know. But they have like Zelda stuff on them, and they're like gold. <laughs> yeah. and? Just get some stickers and put it on whatever you know, you're man for finding skins and things. You you'll find a way to customize your yeah, headphones. But these are no skins, man. These are golden inlay. Like these are the these are the I'm, headphones of the goddess. Are you losing your? Why don't you have I'm these sure, headphones? These headphones are I'm gorgeous. Sure you will find a way. And this goes to like Nathan asking for Xbox to go ahead and have an officially licensed like an elite I want headset, elite headset, yeah. Because sound does so much for the immersion in the game, especially if you're playing something like Hellblade. Like- mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm with you there, and that's when I when I hear ray tracing and I see what they're doing with lights and puddles and fire, and then I hear about sound and like honestly, I think Hellblade. Hellblade is the perfect showcase in Xbox Studios for all of this. Like, it's it. Way more than Gears, way more than Forza, way more than Halo. Like, being able to walk 
you know, down a bridge and all this stuff is coming and see all this stuff like in effect, like it's going to be a visual showcase. And uh, you might be right because, I mean, I've never been one for headphones, but I want to take all that in like as much as as much as possible. Yeah, you should really invest in a nice high quality, either like Sony or Bose or Audio-Technica headphones. Yeah, it's just really I mean, you're going to pay for it, but it's really nice. Don't don't get don't get. Um, I just don't think that's an item that I use enough. I just don't I don't play with <laughs> headphones. And that's the thing. Once you put them on and you actually hear that sound, it's going to be like going back to 30 frames. It's going to be hard to not and not not hear everything, to not get that immersion in your games. I will continue. You, you've gotten me to play with headphones more than I ever have. Like, yes. When we started this gin, I never use headphones. Now yeah. I probably play with headphones maybe half the time. Uh, there's just and and even playing with or without headphones, and there's still a big difference between playing with an okay pair of headphones and a really nice pair of headphones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference is substantial. Hmm. Just just food, do it. Food just, for thought. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> Telling you, it, just like the 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 having a better monitor having the better HDR, the frames, the sound, like it's all one complete package. Like you want to be able to take it all in. And when one is lacking, like it's just, you're missing out. You're missing part of the experience. Like they don't have a whole audio team for you to listen to it in some cheap, crappy speakers. Like there's a reason they put all of the sound into the game. I do have a sound bar. Every time we bring this up, I I mentioned to you, I have a sound bar. I know. Soundbars. What soundbar do you have? Because all soundbars are not created equal. I have a Vizio soundbar. Yeah. Well, so because I was I was playing this game, The Long Dark, and playing it with just my soundbar, like it sounded good. You're walking through the snow, and it's like, yeah, he's he sounds like he's walking in snow. But then you put on headphones, and you put on a nice pair of headphones, and you hear like you hear like the foot crunching and and every little snowflake just like shattering underneath his feet and like he reloads his gun and you just you hear the metal scraping like you don't hear that when it's coming from even a really nice outside sound system you only get that from headphones because it's right in your ears and they're controlling every aspect of it you guys are making me feel bad for not having really nice headphones (laughs) don't feel bad just buy some headphones Just get some headphones and call it a day. Well, the problem is I don't know what kind of headphones to get. So if we're, we're the Game Tech Podcast, what are what are your recommendations to our listeners for people like me that that feel peer pressure to buy expensive headphones? Ooh, uh, you can't really go wrong with Audio Technica or Sennheiser. Um, Bose are really good. Mm-hmm. Sony makes some really good ones too. I was going to say, like, are the Sony Elite headphones is that like good entry level? Yeah. PlayStation ones. Oh, the PlayStation. not the not the Sony PlayStation. So there's no gaming brand of headphones like that. You don't get any of that. <sighs> no, I mean, it's just like monitors. You throw gaming on it and the price goes up. When you want really good sound, you have to go to a manufacturer who actually specializes in sound. Because uh, those those gaming ones that are like branded gaming are usually fo- they it's a toss up between audio and mic. Like they, they try to always include a mic so that, yeah, and so that's kind of like the gaming aspect is like, yeah, it's going to sound pretty good, but you're also going to be able to talk with your friends. But then mm-hmm. you go to somebody who is actually an audio company who specializes in audio and right, they're ask you this. way better. I'm looking at a pair of Audio Technica 
M40X Professional Studio Monitoring Headphones for $99. Are they wired? They are wired. I mean, they'll probably be pretty good. I would look up reviews. I don't know that model specifically. It has I know that they're half three quarter stars out of five thousand two hundred and fifty one reviews. Like, is this so the, quality or the, read the reviews? The thing with Audio Technica. Here's the thing with Audio Technica. That's what this podcast is for. You're supposed to tell me. You're asking me to go read reviews. That's what you're here for. That is literally what you're here for. I'm just messing with you, Donnie, because it's funny. The thing with Audio-Technica is they are an audio company. So even their base level $100 headphones are going to be way better than your A20 or your A40. Professional monitoring headphones offers sound isolation. And the reason that I went wired is um, one of the things I was going to mention with your guys' little headphone chat here is all the headphones that have like the Bluetooth, you've got to have the adapter and like the little box. It's got the like I hate all of that. Like once I see that, I'm like I don't want that at all. <laughs> I would much rather just plug the headphone into the controller and have headphones mm-hmm. and be left alone. Like I'm a simpleton. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Like, like simple things that work all the time. So and I, I think for games, wired is perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Be careful with those Audio Technica because a lot of them have like the big jack. Like mm-hmm. regular size, they don't have the 3.5 millimeter. Mm. So that's not going to plug into your headphone. Like so a lot of them are from professional studios. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get sure the 3.5 millimeter. Do you have to get an adapter yeah. or do they make 3.5 versions? They make 3.5. Make 3.5. We're going to look at that. If not, there is an adapter that'll take a, the, the larger one to the 3.5. And, and they're also. Like I, I also caution always plugging it into the controller because that also can lose some of the fidelity of the sound. Um, like me personally, like when I play even on PlayStation, I actually plug my my Blue Yeti into the PlayStation USB and then plug my headphones into that, and that sounds night and day different than plugging it. What? In the controller. I'm not doing that, <laughs> Dev. Dev, this is. It's a road too far. You just tell me to take my microphone and plug it into my Xbox and plug headphones into it? What the I'm hell are you doing over there? Because, well, again, remember where I sit. I All of my gaming stuff is at my computer desk. So that's a little different. That's a little different. <laughs> but if you're at your TV, you know, you got to plug into your controller. What we're saying is is buy, like, six microphones and mm-hmm. just have splitters a splitter jacks up yeah. to your couch. No, I, I think... Using it on the controller with a nice pair of headphones is is going to be great. Yeah, I wouldn't it's, worry about it too much. The Sony sound processing sucks out of the controller. Like that wireless, that loss, it it, it loses a lot of audio. It pisses me off. Which that's is why, why nobody has made a perfect headset yet. Mm-mm. Like you need a headset that can be wired, but also has like the USB dongle, but also has Bluetooth. Like I haven't found a headset that has everything, yeah. and it's really annoying. Because like the the Sony Golds, they're pretty great, mostly for the convenience of just having a little USB dongle mm-hmm. in my PlayStation and just have it and not have to use the the wired with the controller. But you can't use those on Xbox, yeah. and you can't use Bluetooth headphones on Xbox, so you have to use wired. And it's just like you need something that does everything. Like I'll pay five hundred dollars, just give me something that does everything. <laughs> to Nathan's point, it's like look. You guys are making this awesome system. Make the headset that goes with it, please. Can we just yeah. get the headset that goes with it, but also allow it to work with other things? So add the Bluetooth to it so I can pair it with my phone or whatever else I need to pair it with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, audio. 
Not wasn't even expecting to go in the audio today. Not like hey, all not? manic buy headphones. I'll, I'll send you some options. Donnie. I don't feel like I'm. I just don't know them off the top of my head. I don't feel like I'm qualified yeah, to be on the podcast anymore, unless I have some <laughs> German brand of headphone. Yeah, I can't even be like good. I can't even have like Steel Series headphones. It's got to be something I've never heard of again. <laughs> the stuff you've never heard of is usually the best because they specialize it. And see, here's just another little thing. Like the difference between like a $300 pair of Bose and a $300 pair of Beats headphones, oh, the Bose are going to sound so much better mm-hmm. because Bose spends 85% of their the the cost of the headphones on the actual headphones. And then the other part is marketing and you know R&D and all that. Beats will spend 30% on the actual headphones and the rest is on marketing. And that's why everybody buys beats is because they've got ads everywhere, or at least mm-hmm. they did at one point in time before Apple bought them. Well, don't they have like yeah. Dr. Dre on the commercial? Yeah. I think that's what so they buy. Yeah. Part they 40% on marketing mm-hmm. and the headphones are okay. But for $300, you spend that same amount on a pair of Bose or Audio Technica or Sennheiser. They're going to be so much better. Yeah, they're going to blow them out of the water. And what a lot of people don't know is that when Monster made Beats and then Apple bought that, they didn't buy the audio, the audio specifications. All of that stuff stayed with Monster. They just basically got the Beats brand. So if you were to listen to some Monster Beats from back in the day when they owned them and paired them against some of the Beats made today, the Monster ones are going to sound way, way better than the bass-heavy nonsensical beats that you shouldn't buy yeah and even back then a lot of it was marketing and something from bose at the same price point was still better in terms of auto audio quality yep when's the last time you seen a bose commercial yeah have it it's just in the name (laughs) they don't need to spend money on marketing it's just in the name you know with bose you get that quality yeah i had some bose in-ear headphones that sounded better than anything i've ever heard in my life it was ridiculous. There were just some wired in-ear headphones and there would be certain sounds that I would hear and I would literally turn around because it sounded like somebody was behind me. I was like, what? It was it was insane. Yeah. Good pair of headphones. Can't really go wrong with Bose. Sony makes really good stuff when you get into the high end. Yeah. Like, I, I bought these. They're not the best. Uh, I think they were like 150 on sale. I think normally like 200. I bought them mostly because they're super comfortable. Like even more comfortable than the high-end Bose ones. Like this top part right here, I can wear them from hours and it doesn't hurt my head. A lot of headphones hurt the top of my head though. Yeah, I have that issue with the ear cups and wearing glasses. Got to have some and have the actual space for that as well so that they're not pressing into your skull. Yeah. Just cut it out. Get a knife. Cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. That'll about do it for this episode of Game Tech, the very first episode. We hope you guys liked what you heard. Um, So, you know, check out our Patreon. We've got some big Patreon announcements. We've had a lot of changes, this show being one of them. So hit us up over at patreon.com slash PSVG. Um, Listen to the PSVG Prime that drops this week. Um, I believe it comes out today. Yep. Yeah, a lot of our changes. We have updates to like our new team members, our new shows, um, our new Patreon exclusives, our plan for the PSVG house party, the new swag, all of that good stuff. So check all of that stuff out and uh, that'll do it for us here. We'll see you next month. Peace.